Every day, our world is shifting and changing. New technology, new traditions, new relationships, responsibilities, and challenges. How can you keep up? Welcome to the New Rules for Your Life and Your Business podcast, where transformation specialist Holly Rovinger and her expert guests, along with everyday people, have conversations on how to survive and thrive in this new world that's continually redefining itself. Whether you decide to listen for the motivation, the education, entertainment, engagement, or inspiration, you'll want to tune in weekly. Here now with all the new rules for your life and your business is your host, Holly Rovinger. Hi, welcome back to New Rules for Your Life and Your Business. This is Holly Rovinger, and as always, I'm thrilled to have you here. And as you can tell from the introduction, the purpose of this podcast is to provide information to help you not only survive, but thrive in our rapidly changing world. You know I always joke that we're morphing into the Jetson error, but there are some developments that continually occur that are proving this is becoming more and more of our new reality. I especially like to talk about the rapidly changing technology on the Internet. We no sooner learn one skill than a new one keeps presenting itself over and over and over again. And again, another fabulous thing is phone TV. I know as I was growing up, we would talk about phone TV, and that would be like somewhere far, far, far into the future. Again, reminiscent of the Jetsons. So the new technology is definitely a positive But the flip side is we have drifted and have lost a lot of the general etiquette of life. And I believe we need to get back to basics. And doing this will help you not only stop the overwhelm, but feelings of frustration that I just can't keep up with at all. Part of my mission is to help you step into your best life, which means engaging, whether it be in your personal or professional life or both, depending on your situation, because only then do you become empowered and elevate the way you are living. With that in mind, I choose my guest to interview that will give you tips, tricks, strategies, advice, etc. to help you. They are gracious enough to share their stories so you can not only learn from them, but become inspired and motivated to be and do your best. The topic for today is a continuation of our New Year's resolutions or our New Year's goals and how to accomplish them. And the topic is about change, whether it is wanting to do something about your weight, if you need to cut out alcohol. We'll get into it as I speak with my my very special guest tonight, who is Dr. Matthew Soff. Hi, Dr. Soff. Hey, Holly. How are you tonight? I am doing great, thanks. I am so excited for you all to meet Dr. Soft, and I just have to tell you, it's very hard for me not to call him Matt because over the years... Because we've been friends for years. That's exactly right. We have become very, very close friends. As a matter of fact, his wife is one of my best friends, but just to share with you all how Dr. Soft and I met, I was a pharmaceutical rep for, I guess, like six or seven years and Dr. Sapp was one of my favorite doctors because he he not only is a fantastic physician, but he has a fabulous personality, as you'll soon see. We met professionally, but then I met his wife, and little by little, you know, we got to be social friends as well. And I don't know, Matt, I think it's over 10 years already. I think we've known each other for 10 years, and nobody has more exciting conversations than you and I. 
whenever we get together, it's always exciting, always interesting, never know where we're going to take the conversation to. <laughs> that is true. And one thing I want my audience to know is Matt likes to be, what's the word, Matt, when you try to be on the other side of the... Um... Controversial, always playing the devil's advocate. Thank you, thank you, always thank you. Always questioning, never taking anything at face value. Yeah, there was a while when we would talk. <laughs> no matter what I said, you would say the opposite. Just Absolutely. To it makes it much more fun. Exactly, exactly. Well, I am just thrilled, really. I really appreciate your being here tonight. Last week, I introduced a psychologist, a PhD to my audience, who deals with relationships and really making marriages work and making relationships work. So you've managed to have a very, very successful and happy 40-year marriage. So do you have any words of wisdom or tips for the people that are listening? Most of the time, the most important thing you can say is yes. Yes, good idea, that's nice. So in most conversations with my wife, most of the things that we disagree about just aren't really that important. And I find that if I can find the area of agreement, we go with the flow. It just, most of the issues just aren't that important. And I really have spent most of the 40 years looking at the positives of our relationship. Not every day has been wonderful. Not every week has been great. But the positives, the benefits of a long stable relationship, uh, enjoying your past and reminiscing, anticipating a future. It really is a wonderful thing to have a long-standing, stable relationship with someone. And it takes patience, and it, sometimes it takes a little forgetfulness. You don't, want to forget, you don't want to remember all the things that annoy you, all the things that bug you. So sometimes it's forgetting some of the negatives and really concentrating on what the important part is, what, what's the good stuff, what, why is it worthwhile? And for me, uh, it has been very worthwhile for the last 40 years. Well, that's wonderful, and you guys definitely should be congratulated. Because and if she disagrees with anything I just say, I'll change my mind and agree with whatever she says. <laughs> well, that's what, and all of you listening, this is very true, what Dr. Soft is saying. I will tell you personally, <clears throat> yes, he says a lot, yes, dear, and whatever makes... Whatever makes his wife happy makes him happy. Well, let me tell you this. Whenever push comes to shove and something is important for me, something that I want to do, something that I feel is important for us as a couple to do, almost always uh, my wife will acquiesce and do that. So when one of us knows something else is important, something is important to the other, almost always we'll go with the flow and we will accommodate the other person. And it's very rarely that we butt heads and really basically disagree on, on any of the major major points in our life. And it really is just thinking about what the other person wants and how you can accommodate them. She accommodates a lot of my craziness. I accommodate her. It's worked out. We're looking for another, we're looking for another 40 years. And you shall have it. And you shall <laughs> have it. So let's jump in now to your new rule. Today's new rule. My new rule is if you want to make a change, if you want something to change, you have to make a change. 
sounds obvious. But what isn't obvious is that so many people want to get to the goal without the work. And, and let me tell you, it's interesting how many times someone says to me, you know, I wanted to be a doctor, or I should have been a doctor. And it gets me to think, you know, it's easy to be a doctor. All you really have to do is study like crazy and work really hard for 25 years. If you can work really hard and study and stay focused for 25 years, you can be a doctor. And that's what it took me. It took me 25 years from high school, college, medical school, five years after medical school. So if you stay focused for 25 years, if you see the goal, if you stay focused on the goal, you can achieve it. But what most people find themselves, they are running along, they're just rolling along, they're working, they're taking care of their kids, they're uh, you know, relating to their husband and wife, they're dealing with all the nonsense of life, and they're in a pattern, and they're not happy with their weight, or they want to get off of medicine, or they want to be able to do something, but they don't feel strongly enough about whatever that goal is, is to make the change to have that happen. For example, people still ask me, do I have a magic pill to lose weight? And, and I look at them like, are you kidding me? Yes, I, and I say, I have a magic pill, but I don't want to tell anybody that because then I'll make too much money by selling this magic pill. People are still looking for magic. They're still looking for some quick fix to make a change. It just doesn't work that way. So the rule is, if you want something to change, you have to make a change. It's easy, and it's so simple as a concept. People want to eat the same foods every day and expect to lose weight. They want to not give up smoking and still have the cough go away. They want to continue with whatever they're doing, but they want a different outcome. It's never going to happen never going to happen so to make a change in your life you need to make a change you need to do something different and i think that that's what ties in uh in fact i was listening to your introduction howie and you say the complexity of life and how we get overwhelmed and we we just don't know where to turn to next and i think that's a big problem for people they get overwhelmed they go back into their comfortable niche their comfortable routine and to make a change to do something different requires a lot of energy over the long haul no i was going to say you said two very important things that i just want to um make a note of here because they're golden nuggets very very golden nuggets so you said one thing about focus and in order to focus you said another thing is I call it your why. Okay. Like, like why that. do you why? your why? Like what's your why? And I truly believe in the bottom of my heart if somebody's why is not big enough, whether it's to lose weight, to stop smoking, to get off drugs or alcohol or become a doctor, lawyer, Indian chief, their why is not big enough, they won't be able to focus and they won't be able to accomplish it. I agree with that 100%. I saw a fellow today, I saw a 40-year-old man he uh, has been involved with drugs. 
he's been sober. And a couple of months ago, there was a family crisis. He relapsed, relapsed taking drugs. And now he was sitting in my office today, needing medical as well as emotional help and support. And he said his motivation to stay sober and to stay clean is that he wants to live a fulfilling life and take care of the people that are important to him. So his why, his goal, his focus is that he needs to live a certain life so he can fulfill his obligations. That's his why. The question is, can he stay focused enough on that why, on that goal, to keep himself out of trouble? And does he have the support of family, physicians, psychologists, the people around him? Does he have enough support to help him reach that why? And for most of us, it's very hard to reach the why, to reach the goal Without help. I, I know I, I would never have achieved what I have if I didn't have two incredible parents to push me and a really very positive, supportive wife to help me keep my course. So we all need people to work with us, to help us, to encourage us, to lift us up when we're down. We need to keep our focus on the why, on the goal, on our target, and stay strong enough, and use all the resources that we have to achieve that why or achieve that goal. Right. Well, yeah, and I kind of like use it a little bit differently. I say you have to have the why. You have to have your reason so strong that you will work on steps to accomplish that goal. But then, but then I always wonder, for people, and one of the most obvious things to talk about is weight, and overall health. Why is it, why is it, Holly, that you and I, over the course of years, why is it that people are able to lose 10 or 15 pounds, and then a year later that weight is gone? They, they were able to stay focused for a month, six weeks, a period of time, but why can't they, why can't we stay focused on a long enough term? Is it that the why becomes less important? Is it, I, and I've wondered about this all the time. I, I had a woman today, she said, she said that for her, she was able to lose 15 pounds on Weight Watchers. But it came back. Well, why did she stop the Weight Watchers? Or she, she lost it on another diet, on Atkins diet or the South Beach diet. Why, why don't people stay with it on a long term? Because it's your, it's exactly what your rule is. To make a change, you have to make a change. And, and people they don't do it. They don't, they don't say, they don't make the tra change strong enough and long enough to really sink into their soul. Exactly. They, and they also don't study what I believe is there's so many things that influence us. And if you don't take the time to really break them down, like, for example, let's say, she has an argument, and that sets her off, and she runs to the refrigerator and looks for things she knows she probably shouldn't eat. Right. Well, you have to make a behavioral change. Like, you have to take that chain and break it 
and make new habits. You have to really work on it. You have to make the change. And I don't, I don't really think people do that. They look for a Weight Watchers, which I do believe is one of the best plans out there. If you have, I, have to, a, I don't get any endorsements from Weight Watchers, but I absolutely think it is one of the best programs. Yeah, I don't, I don't get endorsements either, though I wish I would. But um, <laughs> they, um, they, they really don't teach you the behavioral changes. And what happens is that's the hardest thing for people to face, as you and I both know. It's facing your your foibles, you know. Okay, what's making me do that? You know, and they also they also need to anticipate because things are going to hit the fan again. There will be troubles. So the next time there's a crisis, what are you going to do other than hit a quart of ice cream? When a person is trying to stop smoking, I tell the people all the time. I ask the people, what are you going to do next time you feel stressed? Instead of reaching for the cigarette, what are you going to do? You need to have a plan ready. You need to have an action plan ready. You can't say, well, I'll deal with it then because it's too late. When you hit the stress button and you're looking for the munchies, you're looking for the, a, a bag of potato chips, you're looking for a quart of ice cream, you're looking for that next cigarette, you're looking for the next couple of beers, what happens is you have to anticipate Bad things are going to happen because they always happen to us. A car breaks down. There's a, a, a leak in the roof. You know, your mother-in-law is visiting unexpectedly. Uh, one of the kids is sick. Something is going to happen to create stress in us. And we need to be able to anticipate that. What are we going to do when everything hits the fan? Are we going to overeat? Are we going to start smoking again? Are we going to start drinking again? Are we going to look and go back to drugs again? All of us have that weakness, and all of us have those easy ways and our destructive ways of coping. We need to anticipate how are we going to constructively cope with the next crisis. Well, you, that's perfect, exactly what you said. And there is a um, quote that I like to say is, under stress, we regress. Yo, oh, I agree with that 100%. So what you said is exactly right. And that's when I work with people with um, food, you know, food problems and right. losing the weight. It's exactly what you said. What are you going to do when you hit the stressful situation? But I can't tell you how many people will say, oh, yeah, I know I have problems when... I said, okay, right. let's work on them. Well, no, no, I don't want to. Like they just like to make the change. You have to make the change. Right. So yes. you right, got... and they they just they they just wish it away. They just want to, you know, just imagine it's going to happen. Whether it's tobacco, alcohol, food, biting your nails, whatever destructive habit you have, you have to be able to work to overcome that particular issue that particular problem and that's where it requires all sorts of resources uh, of dietitians and counselors and friends and 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 relatives it takes so much it takes it takes a it takes a village it takes a team to help all of us through those issues yeah no absolutely and i love what you wrote that you help people um really teach them that many small changes can add up to the big change that everybody's looking for. Actually, and that's true, uh, when, before we started talking, I, I had uh, written that as a note, 
People tell me, I want to lose 40 pounds. I say, you can't lose 40 pounds. You, you can't lose 40 pounds. You can't lose 20 pounds, but you can lose five pounds five times. So you can lose 25 pounds, but you have to do it five pounds at a time. I had a person today, it was a very busy day today, she said that she was on a diet, but she was only losing, she was on Weight Watchers, but she was only losing a quarter pound a week. I said, a quarter pound a week, that's 12 and a half pounds a year. You tell me if you can lose 12 and a half pounds a year and keep it off, that's not a reasonable goal? So people go into Weight Watchers, LA Weight Loss, Quick Weight Loss, any of these quick programs, and they want to lose 30 pounds in two weeks. It's just not realistic. It's just silly. You need to make small changes. You need to make, have a target. I want to lose five pounds in two months. That's doable. Five pounds in two months. That's easy. But you can't lose 30 or 40 pounds. You've got to lose five pounds. You lose six pounds. You don't exercise for an hour and a half. You walk for 15 minutes. You make little changes. And over the course of time, you make a little, you work for 15 minutes. Great. You do that for a month or two. Now you're ready to walk for 15 or 20 or 25 minutes. Now you're ready to add something else to your program. So you make a little change, a little change, and you keep adding to it. You keep adding a small change at a time. If you look to completely redo your life, it ain't, it's not going to work. It's like you take the house you're going to redecorate the entire house all at once, it's overwhelming. You take one section of your house and you redo that and you go from room to room, slowly redecorating your house, slowly redecorating yourself and changing yourself. You make small changes, whether it's in your diet. I have smokers. Sometimes I can get them stop smoking all at once. You have medications. We use other things. But there are plenty of times I say you have... You smoke a pack a day, get to a half a pack a day, I won't hassle you. They work themselves down to a half a pack a day, and they stay at that level. They have just made themselves healthier. They reduce their risks. They're doing better. Small changes add up to ultimately to massive changes in your life. Well, that's very yeah, that's very interesting you said that. In, in my first um podcast and for those listening i hope you remember i did this little analogy it was a dance analogy actually and how just a small tiny adjustment like led to the biggest change so uh, yeah that's definitely a bullseye you know and i love that and and you know sometimes sometimes we forget why we do this like like why bother if you're walking around where you got 25 extra pounds on you who cares I mean, right, who cares? I mean, so you're not going to be on the cover of a magazine. So what? The, the so what is, is that as we get older, our blood pressure goes up, our cholesterol goes up, our sugar goes up, our heart gets weaker, our livers and our kidneys get into trouble. And I'm now 62, Holly. I, I can't know believe I, it. I know I can't believe it either. And I can tell you that at 62, I don't know how much more time I have. I don't know if it's going to be two or three years or, or 30 years. I, I don't know. None of us know. None of us knows how much time we have. So what all of us ultimately want is as many good quality years as possible. 
And so by making the changes, if you have people listening to you now who are in their 30s and 40s, part of 30s and 40s, you feel indestructible and you feel like you're going to live forever. It's very hard to anticipate and you're in your 20s, 30s, and 40s, what you're going to feel like when you're 60. But as we get older, we realize our mortality that much more keenly. And as we get older, we worry, at least I think more, about how much time I have left. And I want them to be as functional and as good and as positive as possible. So by keeping some of the extra weight off, by working hard to maintain normal blood pressure and cholesterol and sugar. You're making the changes that will give you the good quality life that all of us really want. Basically, as far as we know, this is it. This is our life. Is there an afterlife? I don't know. I'll talk to you in 50 years and we'll find out what's happening. But as of now, we're looking to preserve the God's gift to us of our own health as for as long as possible. And really, ultimately, that's the best why we have. Some women will say, well, I want to get into a specific dress size for my son's wedding. Okay, that's a short-term why. That's not going to sustain you. But if you're looking for a why, you're looking to make your body, your health, as good as possible, as long as possible, so you can have a good long, functional, active, quality life. That's the ultimate why. And that's perfect. You know, and then as people get older, it's also, you know, they want to be around to see their grandchildren with all of their milestones, and they want to get down on the floor and play with their grandchildren. So that's, you know, also part of the, I guess, the quality of life as you get into the what they call the sunset years. Right, you know, of our life. So, um, no, I think that was really nice. I, I like all that advice. I think it's fabulous. And, and you know, you look at things, much of what we do in medicine is changing the odds. You think, I think about it this way. Today, there is a tiny chance that we could die. Either any one of us in a car accident, an illness, something could happen today. There's a very tiny, but there's a definite chance something bad could happen today and a hundred years from now there's a hundred percent chance that all of our listeners will probably not be here so we need to do whatever we can to lower the chance that something bad is going to happen in the near future and push the inevitable back as far as we can most people don't like to talk about death Most people don't like to buy life insurance for that very reason. When you buy life insurance, you're automatically talking about your own mortality and what's going to happen after you're gone. So since most people don't like to talk about death and illness and catastrophes, they push it out of their mind. But really, when I treat blood pressure, which has no symptoms, when I treat cholesterol, which has no symptoms, What I've done is lowered the risk that that person is going to have a heart attack, stroke, or early death compared to a person who doesn't have the blood pressure or cholesterol treated. So what I'm doing is I'm changing the odds, and that's also one of the whys. One of the whys for eating better, taking the medicines, checking your blood pressure and your cholesterol, 
is to change the odds. One of the reasons why a woman should go for a mammogram, very, very important, by finding a problem early, she's decreased the odds she's going to die, and she increases the odds that she will survive whatever is thrown in her way. Why does a person go for a colonoscopy? I'm a gastroenterologist. Colonoscopies are very important to me. By going for a colonoscopy, we will decrease the chance that that person will die of colon cancer. I had a woman today. I had a woman today, 53-year-old woman, and I found colon cancer in her. Oh, found boy. colon cancer in a 53-year-old lady. Now, 53 is a very early age. If we find cancers early, as, as close to 50 as we can, we will decrease the risk that these people will die. So hopefully we found this cancer early enough that we can cure it surgically and she can live a full life. We need to do things. We need to make the changes. We need to stay focused and vigilant when it comes to eating well, exercising, preventative care, which is mammograms, colonoscopies, pap tests, uh, colon, uh, skin screenings. So you go to your dermatologist. These are all the small little things that add up to a greater chance of a longer life. Going for dental work, going to see your dentist regularly is part of that. If you have a significant gum disease and tooth decay, that leads to multiple medical problems. There are are hundreds of tiny things that need to be done to keep us well. There isn't one big thing, although probably smoking is probably the biggest thing, but there's no one big thing There's many little things. It takes a lot of little changes, little efforts to keep us well for the long term. Right, and this is some great advice to start the year out. You know, make sure that you get all these routine checkups done. You know, don't procrastinate. Go out there, get them scheduled, take care of it, and go on with your year. Right. Well, you know, that's great. Now, let's just talk a little bit about sure. what your favorite quote is. Favorite quote. Oh, my favorite quote is KISS. K-I-S-S. Stands for keep it simple, stupid. Since most of us are simple-minded, Whenever there's an alternative, whenever there's a choice of multiple ways of approaching something, I always keep it simple. Take the simplest, least complicated course of action, whatever it is, whatever you're dealing with. I find that people make things more complex, and the more complex something is, the less likely they're going to stay with it. If I give a person... 27 different ideas on how to lose weight, they will do none of it because it's way too complicated. But if I tell them eliminate bread and wheat products for a month and see how you do, that is one change they might be able to make. So keeping it simple, simple changes, simple plans, that I think has the greatest chance of success. So if I'm doing something, 
if I'm planning a trip, whatever I happen to be doing, I try to keep it simple as much as possible. So my motto, my own personal quote, kiss, keep it simple, it works most every time. Oh, I love that. I love that. Well, any last words for our listeners on just taking care of yourself and being present with your life and taking it one day at a time and keeping it simple? Uh, keeping it simple. To me, to me, there's so many aspects of our lives. You have our family, our job, uh, our hobbies. And I think it's important to keep enough energy to keep all of those going. You need a certain amount of energy for your spouse, your children, parents, your family. You need a tremendous amount of energy in your job. You need, a, you need to reserve some energy for your own hobbies and your own fun. I think many adults forget that they are entitled to have fun, and I think it's a balance between maintaining fun, maintaining your obligations, maintaining your family relationships. I, I think... It's keeping all of those spheres going at once really creates the most most rewarding, most pleasing life. It's like the balancing act, the juggling. It, but, it's uh, exactly. Yeah. It's keeping the balance. I think that's the simplest way of putting it. Yeah. Keep the balance. Well, yeah. That's, yeah, that's terrific. And I, I do, you know, teach people, and I have spoken a lot about on these podcasts about how it's very important to do something nice for yourself and to have fun and laugh every day. Because, yep. like you said, we don't know how long, you know, that we're gonna we're gonna be here. So, I truly thank you so so much for being here today, and um, for those listening, uh, Doctor Soft is in Plantation, Florida. I am going to list um, on my website um, his contact information. I drive four hours. To be his patient, so he. No, no, you wait four hours in the waiting room. It just feels like four hours. (laughs) I try four hours and wait. Yes, Matt, you will wait a little bit, but uh, he he tries to keep on schedule. But I will list that, um, you know, for all. Thank you so much, Holly. For all our listeners, Uh, my pleasure. So I will list the connection information, phone number, etc. And um, again, thank you all for being present and listening to us today on new rules for your life and your business and today's show has been sponsored by the empress cloth on amazon have a great week and remember always have a positive mindset so you can live healthier and wealthier and happier with passion this is holly signing off for today but before we go dr matt has made his needed changes and the question i have for all of those listening Are you? Thanks for listening to the New Rules for Your Life and Your Business podcast. If you're listening and you want to grab contact details for today's guest, information on resources mentioned, or any other show notes, head over to hollyrovinger.com for complete details. That's www.hollyrovinger.com. We would love to hear your thoughts on today's episode. So leave us a comment on the website or an honest review on iTunes. And to get regular tips to help you in today's rapidly changing world, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any of the new rules for your life and your business. 